Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. DC TV podcast. There's too many now. Exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? she looks like a boss in this coat. Is Nasty Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to look back at the season five finale because it aired on May 17th, 2020, uh, <laughs> quite a long time ago. And we just want to make sure we remember what happened in it because I don't know about you, Morgan, but sometimes I'm like, I kind of don't remember. The, the one year anniversary of that finale airing is like not even two, in like not even two months. Like that's, <laughs> that's where we are. So we're we're gonna uh, kind of revisit the season five finale and see uh, what see maybe what we forgot what are, what are we hoping for to see followed up in in season six so uh, we'll get to all that and let us know uh, we are having some internet technical difficulties usually it's me with the internet good <laughs> but this time <laughs> but Morgan may uh, be having some uh, uh, connectivity issues so if if she's not coming in real well let us know and uh, I'm looking I'll, fuzzy yeah if she looks fuzzy at all please let us know in the chat and uh i will have kelly uh put in an it ticket for for us (laughs) (laughs) i will boot her out and she can restart her computer and we'll uh we'll see how that goes uh but yeah the internet uh you know is required for live streaming uh yeah so so we do have a a, she's fuzzy so we may uh have to get you to get out of there um so we'll uh (laughs) we will uh, we will uh maybe address some news and then uh you can uh, actually i could maybe uh, yeah, we'll we'll go over some some news and then uh, you can get Pixel out and me. we'll come <laughs> and pick some Morgan. So I guess that's what we'll do, Morgan. Uh, I'll go over some news and then uh, you can get out of here and then try it again. And uh, during we'll the news see. or like after? Uh, mm, well, maybe I could take some questions. And uh, some questions from the chat. Some you want to vamp a little. <laughs> I can vamp a little bit because because I kind of want to discuss the news with you because the news is pretty important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so you get out of here. Okay. Re- restart your your laptop. Gonna do it, and then come back in. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all, right. all right. I'll see you all later. <laughs> okay, Hopefully right. not as a giant pixel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah. Normally it's me that has the the issues because apparently I can't get fire. Uh, what was it called? The fastest internet. Uh, forget what it's a uh, fiber. Uh, can't get it in the this area. And it's very annoying. So. <laughs> so we will uh see how things go with morgan but um if anybody has any questions or comments um we are gonna cover the uh the new teaser trailer that just dropped like not too long ago uh, i saw that on twitter so we'll probably talk about that we'll talk about the season six poster that came out we have a lot of interviews that came out uh from uh, jess queller jessica queller and robert rovner so we will uh get to those so please uh share any of your thoughts on those things. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Paula says I approve of Rebecca's background with my whole heart. Uh, yeah, I figured since this was a season five finale refresher, uh, this is a background uh, with uh, Supergirl. Where is she right there? And then Lena in that episode. Um, so it just kind of fit perfectly where I could put myself in between them. Uh, so so that's kind of what I went uh, with. I try, I try to mix it up for these live streams, do a little bit of uh, different change of pace every time. Uh, so let's see. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So Abby, that's that's why I chose my uh, that is my background. Just wanted to fit the season five finale theme. Thought it, we didn't have a lot to choose from, actually. <laughs> so that I thought that was the best one. Um, yes. Uh, well, uh, thank you. Uh, yes, this t shirt is a uh, DEO t shirt that you can get in the uh, DC TV podcast, uh, T Public Store. You can go to superradio.com, click on the T Public link at the top right of the screen. It, 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 everything is mirrored on StreamYard. Um, so, uh, yeah, the DEO, I kind of figured I'd wear that one tonight since they sort of blew up the DEO at the end of Season 5. That was a thing that happened. Uh, so, RIP DEO. Uh, that, that's uh, really... I'm, I'm kind of sad about it. I'm going to be honest. Um, so, that is uh, disappointing. Yes, and uh, Jamie makes a good point. So, we'll talk about this. There's a full trailer tomorrow for Season 6. Uh, I assume that they, well, I don't know. That's weird because isn't Supergirl supposed to be airing in Superman and Lois's time slot? It's weird that they didn't drop the trailer today to do like a one week, uh, from now you're going to get the episode, but that's weird. I, I would have done it like a week in advance, but, uh, that's just me. Uh, so I guess the teaser trailer was their way of doing that. So we are supposedly supposed to get a full trailer for season six of Supergirl tomorrow. Uh, so we uh, we will uh, get to that when we get to it. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can try to bring Morgan in. Uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> you're still a little bit fuzzy, but I think it's better. So, so <laughs> that's fuzzy. <laughs> you're a, a little bit, but you're still better. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I'm gonna blame the lab cats because they were they were up there playing around earlier. I, I think they stepped on something. They stepped on the Wi-Fi. Just <laughs> the waves, the Wi-Fi waves. So we'll try. It. We'll try to go with that because we can hear you pretty well. So we'll uh, we'll go with that since uh, yeah, that'll work for an audio podcast too. Uh, so uh, let's see. I'm gonna take just a couple more questions since I did offer up a Q and A session session while you were gone. Nice. Uh, just briefly, uh, Katie said, "Did you uh, like the Snyder Cut of Justice League?" Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about it on this uh, episode of Supergirl. Maybe maybe when Supergirl goes on another TBD hiatus, maybe we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that that long hiatus that may might never end that is going on. So we'll we'll need to talk about something. So we might talk about it then. Um, you can also check out my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm I'm getting back into contributing to the Justice League Universe podcast, and uh, nice. so we're we're starting to do our analysis of the Snyder Cut now. Uh, so you'll hear some of my thoughts in those episodes, and I'll probably do some stuff on my personal YouTube channel, which you can find. We can plug that at the end as well, uh, but youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Um, I might do a rant because uh, I was really ranty today, like really, Ooh. really ranty. Uh, and I have a lot of thoughts about how they just shot themselves in the foot, and I can't understand why they did that. Uh, so, uh, But I'll probably do a lot of... Um, <laughs> discussion about the film i'll probably have a round table of some friends of mine talking about it uh and i'll probably talk about 
the the strange situation about how the Snyder Cut like broke all these records and was the big talk of the town. And Les, uh, what was it? Leslie Jones was doing like the most amazing commentary on it. And then <laughs> Warner Brothers was like, "No, we're shutting it down." I was like, "What?" Why I I, I wanted there to I wanted there to be more because I wanted there to be like five different Batmans at one time. That's all I really want from <laughs> from life is for Warner Brothers to double down on Batman so much that there is like at least four active Batmans. And we were close. We were so close. We could have so had it all. Rebecca. So close. So close. Uh, yeah. So I I'm I'm I feel really ranty because I just I don't understand why they don't like making money. I don't, this is, this is a, a, something that just perplexes, just mind boggling. Um, anyway, so, uh, w- yes. So Snyder cut stuff look at that for, uh, my personal YouTube channel and, um, uh, justice league universe podcast. If you are interested in that. And, uh, did we introduce ourselves? Maybe we should start over. Uh, <laughs> since, since we, well, I'm since still we, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we this did giant we, pixel right here. <laughs> you look great. You look great. Um, Thank yeah. You. <laughs> so I guess um, since we've been talking about some news, but we have a lot of Supergirl news that we could get to. So I, I guess we should talk about it. So let's get to the news. All right, so Morgan, I don't know. They they kind of put this out like right before we uh, got on here live, so I don't even know if you've seen this. Uh, I've watched it because it is five seconds and has no information in it, so it's, <laughs> I'm all good. I'm caught up. <laughs> you are ready to go. Uh, I figure we could talk about it just briefly because there's there's like two shots, maybe is um, <laughs> is what's in it. So this is this is the CW's. Uh, uh, way of promoting Supergirl, we can commentate on it. Uh, They're doing a great job. They're really the final season, and then like Lex burns a what? What does he burn onto the wall? It's an S shield. Is it an S shield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks Sorry, like an S shield. Quickly, this whole thing is eight seconds, and then you see Supergirl's face very briefly. Very briefly, you see a Lex a lot more Lex. Don't worry. You know that Lex that's, is in it. And then Supergirl is kind of thrown in for a little flavor at the end. <laughs> that sounds right on par. With it does. The, it sounds about way. right. That sounds about right. Oh, and there's the dog. So little oh, peek, it's so little beautiful. Peek at that. <laughs> How do I stop sharing my screen? You okay. can't. Now we're in this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that's kind of the big look at that. Uh, there's two lines of dialogue in that. It's a uh, like says, I will destroy her. And Supergirl says, bring it on. And it's like, okay, that was real inventive. I uh, would like to went back to back to Lex and he says, it's already been brought in. <laughs> and, and then they start like a cheer fight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a more exciting trailer, I think. Right? Well, I also like that it was a trailer for the trailer. They're like, the trailer's coming tomorrow. And I was like, looking at the calendar, looking up at the screen going, so that's like not even a, a week before the season starts. That's just what, a couple what, of days. I mean, maybe it's just me, but wouldn't you release a trailer a week before? At least. That's what <laughs> I would do. Uh, so that, that's very strange. But they, they did release something. So they've they've finally put out some kind of new video um, from the season. So we have that. Uh, we also have uh, something that we can talk about from season six. Uh, they released a... Oh, yeah. There's a poster. The CW showed a poster for the final season on social media. 
it's uh it's very uh, i'm getting like uh i'm getting some huge tron vibes from it and so i feel like going flipping back to our last week's podcast i think this means that everything that i predicted is going to come to pass <laughs> throw a wig on katie mcgraw guess what she's playing three parts <laughs> You did say Neon Tron. Phantom Zone. Phantom Zone is going to be like Tron. And look at, does it not look like they're in Tron? <laughs> it does look like Tron. Uh, so maybe, maybe we're onto something. Uh, it, it looks like if HBO Max and Tron had a baby, like this is what the poster <laughs> would be. <laughs> to be fair, HBO Max has promoted some things pretty well. Uh, this, this is, <laughs> I, I'm not, a you mean better than this kind of promotion i mean <laughs> it's not that hard i better than a trailer that not even a week before the show premieres <laughs> um yeah and i i i not a, to be honest i'm not a big fan of these kinds of posters where they feel the need to cram every cast member on the show into the poster they do this with the flash a lot and it drives me crazy because it's to me it's weird looking it's why weird would you looking. put everyone on it just it's weird it's, it's weird, weird because uh because Kara's disembodied head is so huge and it's just kind of floating there without any kind of like reference to her body and it, it just her her in particular I think looks a little creepy because like everybody else you can kind of see where their body at least begins like I can see Martian Manhunter's shoulder yeah I can see a little bit of Alex's collar but for Car, it's just it's all face it's all head it's she's a giant floating head in this poster <laughs> somehow somehow dreamer and brainy have gotten like full body shots in there meanwhile she's just like a floating head <laughs> it is weird I, I just don't like the design i just i don't like the composition of it and <laughs> is it just me or does your eye like go down to dreamer because that's what my eye does it does because she's like a full complete person <laughs> and Kind of in the center. She's a little bit at the bottom, but it's just it's just weird. It's just also, weird. Also, like, why did they this. tuck Kelly like into Supergirl's pocket or something? Like, like if you're gonna let Sue, if you're if Supergirl's gonna be just a giant disembodied head, like at least let her have that mo that that giant floaty head moment. Uh, because <laughs> Kelly is just kind of also floating in there. Poor Kelly, I, she's got at least a little shoulder, but she's her head is very tiny. And they were just like, "Where should we put Kelly? Should we put her by Alex? Nah, let's just kind of shove her <laughs> underneath Supergirl somewhere. No, 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 tinier than that, tinier than that." <laughs> it's just uh, very strange to me. Uh, not a big fan of those. I I personally like the the posters from previous seasons. I think uh, season three had a really good one. I think that's the one where. Uh, Supergirl's like on the ground and like looking up and then season four had that poster where she's in the red sort of flame looking things. It had nothing to do with the seasons. I don't guess. No, well, I no. guess may maybe that was sort of like red daughterish. I don't know. Um, um, but at least it was like the show's about Supergirl and it, it had a choice. Like it was a stylistic choice. These are just kind of like throw everybody in there as best <laughs> you can get them in. So it's so it's weird. Paula has pointed out that I I'm wrong. <laughs> Which is not shocking. And that you can see Kara's arms to the side and they even form a crest shape, which uh, she says she loves. So what? if I, I don't look, where, where I, is that? I, I, see, I see that. I do see a disembodied arm. Now, <laughs> now, okay. So now that I see the arms, though, I have to say, oh, I, I have oh, more okay. questions. Her, 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 um, her like superhero pose. Because, yeah. okay, but, but because isn't her 
her costume like doesn't she have sleeves on her costume why are her arms bare Oh, uh, no, I think I think it's the the sleeves of her costume. I see is it like it the, the sleeves? I thought it was I, like flesh toned and I was like, wait, now I have more questions. <laughs> no, I think you can see like the little stitching of the, the okay, the shirt there. yeah. so yeah, I think a lot of people had uh, comments about uh, the poster. so let's see uh, what we get into here. Um, uh, let's see. Tiny Kelly. So sad. Is that, is that, that's what Paula says. Um, <laughs> a lot of people talking about how Kelly is so small and what's weird to me is that maybe they could, you know, solve this problem of having to force everybody onto the poster. Just give them all individual posters. Yeah. Is yeah, that, that would be great. Something they could do. Get, give Kelly her own poster. Give Lena her own poster. Alex could have her, like everybody gets their own poster and then Supergirl could just be the main image for Supergirl. I mean, that's what I would do. Just give them all new character posters for the final season. Or uh, just like, or just like give Supergirl something big and exciting in her poster. And like the other characters could be off onto the side somewhere. Like it's possible. I'm not a graphic designer, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Donna says uh, maybe it was because of COVID. They couldn't shoot new promo photos. I mean, it's ah. It, that's possible, but I would think if you were dealing with COVID regulations, a, a photo shoot would be pretty uh, easy to do because a photographer's going to be a little bit far away from them. I don't, I don't think it would be like right up in your. I mean, you got telephoto lenses for that. It's, <laughs> I think. I mean, they they are shooting the show, yeah. which is, is less COVID friendly than I yes. think being far away and shooting the, the photos. I mean, I don't mind that they're, I, I think they are pretty clearly using promo shots from like a long last time season, maybe. Maybe uh, season two. I don't know if those Lena shots are season two or not. <laughs> That's good. It very well could be. It's been a while. Uh, Julia uh, puts out, maybe Kelly gets uh, shrunk down to pocket size in season six. Oh, that would be a great tease. In the my God. And then she like meets like a, an alien race of like pocket people. And <laughs> And she has to help them with like a pocket problem. That would, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm into that. I like that. Well, <laughs> they she make also... her their their pocket queen. <laughs> what if she gets um shrunken down? She goes into the bottle city because <gasps> what we will talk about in the season five refresh finale refresher uh, section is that uh, there's some bottle stuff. It pops happened. up, yeah. So, I mean, I'd be into that. Kelly going to the Bottle City. I, I would, uh, I'd be into that. I so. would watch the adventures of Pocket Kelly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Pocket Kelly season that six. That would be an exciting storyline for her, just like to, to go pocket size and then pop into the bottle, like, poop. That I would be so into that. Everybody has to go, uh, you know, <laughs> that, save. That's save. where she. That's where they've the the whole gang finally meets Ramakan on his uh his wine yes! on his wine store. In He's the, in the bottle, in bottle city. He's in the bottle <laughs> city with his his winery. Oh my gosh, such a good idea. I I think uh, maybe that would be great. Um, so that's the the poster for the season. So I don't know if if it does indicate Tron Phantom Zone. Let's hope so. <laughs> Cross your fingers and toes. Uh, but that's what it looks like. Um, 
So we also got some interviews from uh, the Supergirl showrunners, Jessica Queller and Robert Rovner, who spoke to Entertainment Weekly about season six and shared some details about Kara's journey, which is, uh, for me, very personally rewarding to read about. Uh, they also talked about Lena's entry into the Super Friends and their inspiration for the final season. So Jessica Queller said, quote, Kara is going to really sacrifice her life and put her life on the line to save her friends and humanity. That challenge, she's going to face her mortality in a way we've never done on the show. That's really the focus of the first run of uh, seven episodes. So it's the first seven episodes we're going to get uh, before the TBD hiatus. <laughs> uh, uh, Queller goes on to say, it's life or death stakes for Kara, and it's very introspective. So all of the soul searching and taking stock of the past six years will happen in the beginning, and then she'll put it all into play in the second half, unquote. So Morgan, mm. what, what do you think about that? Do you think... Uh, that could play into some of our other speculations about uh, Gar, Gar at the beginning of the season. I think that it plays into our Phantom Zone speculations pretty well, honestly. I, I, I read that and I was like, could we be right for the first time ever? <laughs> uh, I'm sure we won't be. Probably but not. It didn't. It did make me think, like, hey, maybe she is going to the Phantom Zone. But what when I read when I read this stuff, I I was really just mostly heartened to see that they were talking about Car's journey and where she was going to start, where she was going to end up. Like, like they a, were like thinking, a, like, like a character arc, like like a thing that kind of goes like this and then around. What's that? What's that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was like, oh, so so we're focusing on Car. Like that's. That made me feel a lot better about this season because we've gotten, I mean, we don't have a lot to feel anyway about this season. Let's be honest. We haven't gotten much. This is the first information we've really gotten about this season. <laughs> but uh, finally, I was, I started feeling like, okay, maybe this is going to be car centric. Like maybe we're talking about it from a car point of view of where she's going to start. And like the idea of it being introspective and her like thinking about her role in, in, in things and facing her mortality. I think that all speaks to some good car storyline. So I'm excited about that. So the facing her mortality uh, is concerning though. Uh, so, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially with all the uh, kryptonite that Lex seems to have uh that he did have in the season five finale. And then I think it's also spilling over into that little teaser trailer that we saw with the kryptonite S shield. So uh, that's, that's a little concerning to me, uh, but I don't know. It sort of reminded me of uh, the reason why Zack Snyder wanted to kill uh, Superman and Batman v Superman is he wanted uh, the character of Superman or Cal or Clark, however you want to refer to him, to uh, kind of go through everything that humans go through, and that would include death. So maybe that's kind of their thought process there is that, you know, for Carr to be, you know, a fully fledged hero, maybe she has to face a little bit of her mortality as well. So that could be really interesting. I don't know if they'll do a death of Supergirl kind of thing or if uh, they'll just send her to the Phantom Zone and uh, we think she's dead. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but that's that's an interesting choice of words there. Do we think that Supergirl is going to be kind of like separated from the rest of the cast for a little bit of the season or uh, a little bit of the first part? I think so. And I would actually not be opposed to that. No, neither would I, because I feel like that would give them an, uh, the show an opportunity to focus on her a little bit, at least in her scenes. Yeah, I, I would like her to go on her own journey. Uh, that would be, I, I think I would be really into that. Um, Abby makes a good point that it would be tough for Carr to really face her, her mortality fully because she could just 
take the she, grass. She, she could she could just uh, take off her shoes and put like wiggle her piglies in the the grass, and she's <laughs> she's on her way, <laughs> recharging that battery. <laughs> so you really have to really make an effort to kill Supergirl because she can just take the grass; she'll be fine. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what uh, that uh, might entail. Donna says, uh, "Could the death of Supergirl mean she loses or gives up her powers?" Possibly mm. if she if she was human and she got uh, mortally wounded, that could be also very concerning. Yes. Um, so uh, we don't know, but I think that's a strong possibility. <laughs> uh, Rogue artist here makes a good point, which is there's no grass in the fortress or the phantom zone. So she might be in trouble. You would think that Superman would consider that in his design plans just, just a little patch of grass in the corner <laughs> or like a little like a little greenhouse like a little like a little grow house in the corner just all grass on the ground just in case maybe maybe like one of those uh you know a break glass for emergency <laughs> or whatever like you, you break the greenhouse and you run in <laughs> i gotta take this grass <laughs> that could be their emergency weapon in the fortress i'm surprised they don't have anything like that that's very strange um, so, uh, that's, uh, the, uh, quotes that Jessica Queller talked about in regards to Kara in season six, uh, in terms of Lena, Queller also spoke about Lena Luther in season six saying that quote, Lena is going to become a more in, uh, uh, how do you pronounce this? Cause I, I've heard integral? it both. Inter I, integral? I, I think I would say integral, but I've also heard people say an in integral and I don't know. I've heard that too. In integral sounds strange to me so i'm going to say integral <laughs> more integral part of the super friends this season than ever before so i think that's going to be really satisfying and have emotional resonance for her because she's always kind of felt like an outsider not just with Kara's secret but with the whole group uh because they definitely you know uh, they took they brought her to game night and she's been part of the group i don't know what her problem is <laughs> uh but uh queller also says now that she is going to be a full-on insider uh so that will change the dynamic for lena and the group unquote uh so what are your thoughts on that do you do you think that uh it, it's going to be good to have lena be part of the super friends yeah, I think it's going to be nice to have Lena as part of the team. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of weird because we just came from the season five finale where they like kind of patched it up really, really quickly. <laughs> After a whole season of Lena being like, I don't like you and Supergirl being like, well, then I don't like you. <laughs> and uh, and and now it's like going to be like episode two and they're going to be like best friends again. <laughs> but uh, on the flip side, I don't want like a, a huge drawn out like uh, storyline where they have to like slowly make up with each other because it's been a year and I'm over it. So they should be too. I don't, <laughs> I don't subscribe to the fact that the timeline works different on the show. So I don't know that I'm like super excited. would be super excited to watch like them slowly rebuild their friendship. I kind of just want them to go back to, to being okay with each other. And I think it'll be fun to see how Lena works in the group when they're like, there's an emergency. Like we've seen it before where she shows up and she's like, here's a science thing I can do to fix it. Uh, but they always have to be like, okay, cool. Lena, could you stay right over there? Whisper, 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 you're a super girl. And, <laughs> and now she can be part of the whispering, which is yeah. fun for her. Yeah, I think their dynamic in the season five finale where Lena uh, protected uh, Kara's secret as Supergirl in front of William, I, I think she's fully capable of doing that. And so I don't I don't think that'll be a problem for Lena. What um, if she starts like really enjoying it? Because like now that she's on the inside, like <laughs> she's just like, oh, 
we're we got to keep your secret right like but like too much like she's she feels bad about what happened last season she's like sorry about that killer robot and everything but so like, she goes like too far and it just starts making everybody uncomfortable <laughs> just calm down lena it's gonna be fine Lena's uh, like i i bedazzled everybody's names on jean jackets team supergirl right right and everybody's like slowly backing away from her she just becomes too needy and too, too into <laughs> yeah. it uh, that would yeah, be amazing uh, actually <laughs> yeah rogue artist says i really want some great alex and lena doing science that could be a way that uh that could be a Ooh, way that alex yeah. could contribute to them now because she has uh seemingly no job no deo uh <laughs> relationship to the government so she could be just doing science in the tower i think that's very possible um uh, Jay also makes a comment. What if Superman appears? I guess this is in relation to the our fortress talk. Uh, appears in the last season after they ignore Carl on Superman and Lois. Are they ignoring Carl on Superman and Lois? I just want to talk about this really quickly. Or does she the, not exist at all? <laughs> there is a Supergirl fan on that writing staff. I don't know who it is, but they have referenced uh, Les Lalar. They have referenced Stanhope College and they've referenced X Kryptonite, which turns Streaky the Supercat into Streaky the Supercat. So uh, I don't think they're ignoring Supergirl at all. They might be ignoring Melissa Benoist's Supergirl, but they are referencing <laughs> Supergirl on that show. Can, uh, can we get? Can we poach that writer that's really into Supergirl just for the la- just for one season? Just let us borrow them for one season, please. I can't believe we're getting more Supergirl comic book mythology on Superman and Lois. It's wild i don't i can't decide if i'm mad about it or if i'm really grateful about it i can't decide it's a weird it's a weird thing uh let's see kenny says i think lena has been so overused as a character uh has not been great since season two Uh, that's a that's a fair opinion to hold um i think she was pretty good in season three with uh the rain storyline with um uh sam she did some good stuff there uh i think even season four with all the luther stuff i think she uh was pretty good with the 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 i'm a big Ms. i'm a big Ms. lena Tessmacher. fan Ms. i'm a big Ms. lena Ms. fan I, I thought last season was just not even lena's fault it was the writing's fault i blame the writing just for, all over for, the place for wanting to mind control the world yeah <laughs> that was a that was a a set like a, a down note for her you know yeah. she was going through some things and like <laughs> i eat ice cream she tries to mind control everyone so they're nicer to each other you know <laughs> <laughs> we all make our mistakes <laughs> abby also uh thinks uh the more important question about lena is what will she be wearing uh we will all Ooh. be looking out for that because uh, that is important I, I would like it if like her transition onto the team like shows up somehow in her <laughs> outfits like it's like a softer <laughs> side of lena like she shows up in like a lot of like fuzzy sweaters or something and she's like i'm just one of the gang guys and they're like what are you doing <laughs> you think she's gonna be more uh like casual lena maybe more like, casual like maybe I she's like always show, showing up in jeans now and yeah. sweatshirts and she's like oh just me your friend who never tried to kill you <laughs> I like casual Lena. I'd, I'd be into that. Um, so that's kind of what we're getting out of Lena this season. Um, uh, Jessica Queller also talked about the theme of season six because you know we got to have a theme that's really important uh, to to go into the season with the theme in hand. So Queller also mentioned that their theme for the final season, saying, "quote uh, she she mentioned the theme of the final season, uh, saying, "quote the theme that we really decided to focus on this year is about power and the the abuse of power and the limits of power and from without and 
and within. So including not just our bad guys, which is very easy, but in terms of our heroes making decisions because their power is almost limitless. Uh, how do they decide where the line is, unquote? And a co-runner, a co-showrunner, Robert Rovner, explained that they uh, were both, he and Jessica Queller, were both inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement and how some people felt, quote, somewhat disempowered because of the circumstances that we're all living in with the pandemic. We were trying to reflect on that and kind of try to address what empowers people and what our heroes could do to help both set an example and kind of explore some of the issues that keep people from feeling empowered, unquote. Um uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to make sense of the. Uh, their power is almost limitless uh, because that's the fault of the writing. I think <laughs> to make them so powerful. Because if you think about Dreamer, because uh, when I was because when I was watching the season five finale, like rewatching it for this, uh, I couldn't figure out why Dreamer was having issues when she could stop a tsunami with her dream energy. Um, so it's, it's very strange how that, that power seems to kind of come and go. Uh, so well, if, I if feel your like characters are overpowered, that's a you problem. I it's feel like that's you. always been a problem on the show is that Supergirl is as powerful as the episode or the scene needs her to be. Like, <laughs> I watch this with, uh, with my fiance, Mike, all the time. And he's always like, Supergirl should have been able to take that guy out. No problem. And I'm like, well, the scene needs her to not be able to do that. So she can't <laughs> right now. That's what you need to accept and, like, embrace. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It, are you, that makes me wonder if they're going to depower some people. And could that, mm. could that play into Kara's story if she gets somewhat depowered? So I I, th- I think it's an interesting question to talk about with these heroes. But I also, like, I, I know we talk about that all the time. I hate the idea that they structure these seasons around a theme. I hate it. <laughs> Just let the characters like Just- go through experiences and have arcs and tell stories about the characters and then the themes will come like you can have a theme but it doesn't all have to be okay well now everybody's got to be about power <laughs> there's there's going to be a word of the episode you you can guarantee it in the first like episode <laughs> they're going to drop the word power five times y'all can count it let me know and how, how many you count up it because I guarantee you the word power is going to show up a million times in the episodes. Like how how did technology work out for them? Was that did they think that theme went great? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was technology there it in the episode in the season. We were a little sketchy on what what why we should care, um, but it, it was there. Uh, but I just don't feel like it made a cohesive season like i just they don't have to do it this way don't they do they know that yet <laughs> I, d- I don't know and i i, I, I want to like free them from it i'm like you're okay just tell a good story <laughs> i was trying to think of, of, of other shows that i watched that did things like this i don't i don't know if i know other shows that like write around a theme because sometimes like themes will pop in but i've I, re- I remember Lost uh, showrunners talking about they 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 wrote based on like what did the characters want. That's what that's how their stories were driven. Um, but yes, I, I don't know. I can't think of any other show that does it like this. So it's like kind of strange to me. Like on, on Legends, they have sort of a different vibe every season, but that's more like the villains. 
Mm. It's not the it's the characters don't have to tie into that theme because that becomes very limiting then. Like last season they had it was like historical bad guys and like one season it was like myth mythical creatures and like this season it's going to be aliens. I have no idea what they're doing with that. But it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't like and we're going to really explore how every every character actually feels like a mythical creature deep down inside. It's like <laughs> what? No, that doesn't make any sense. That's actually not a bad way to go about it um like the overarching story can be about insert but like the character journey should be about where the character is and where the character is going i feel like they work so hard to tie that character journey up into the main storyline and that's where things get weird sometimes because maybe not all the characters have to deal with power maybe maybe that's not always the the character journey that i mean I, I mean, personally, I hope Kelly goes mad with power. This <laughs> She starts logging all, all kinds of IT tickets that don't even need to be tickets. Uh, yeah. So I, that's that's why I'm like confused. about. I'm like, well, maybe not all the characters need to do. Maybe maybe Kara could go through that. But not everybody. Not every character has to go through that. Uh, Donna wonders if that's uh, related to Lena's abuse of power. Lena's definitely abused uh, some power before that's been a thing that's been in her character from for a, for a while and probably since the first day she showed up um let's see uh rogue artist talks about martian manhunter and how he's he abused his power mind wiped. yeah people. he's mind wiped a couple of people that's that's been a little sketchy yeah that's true yeah, and Daryl talks about how Kara has lost her powers uh, quite a bit. Uh, so that could be something that we could see again if they wanted to go there. Um, so there are uh, things that you could pull into those characters that have to deal with power. But, um, uh, oh, and, and, sorry. I was going to say, it, it also feels a lot a lot of times like they'll announce these themes. And it, it won't come naturally from, like, the season that's happened before. Right. Where it's like, oh, I can see why they would be tackling this theme this season because last season built up to that. It's just kind of like they pick a theme out of a hat and they're like, power. Um, They get get inspired by the the rip from the headlines approach. They get too, yes, they get too into like, we're we're all inside because of COVID, you know? And like, how do we like work that into the story? It's like, but you you don't actually, it's, so what this is, is Supergirl. Um, (laughs) It's not law and order. So you don't actually, doesn't have to be ripped from the headlines. Is is that concerning to you? Because it's concerning to me that maybe they didn't have an idea for the final season until we went through COVID. And yeah. then they were like, oh, we can use that instead of thinking before I, I, about maybe how they would end the show if they ever got the chance to. Because, yeah, to, to me, as soon as they found out it was the last season, I would think, much like the um, the greenhouse in the Fortress of Solitude, you're you're breaking the glass there on your you know what you had hoped was going to be your final sort of stories that you want to tell with these characters. I just worry that there are all these cool Supergirl stories, all these cool Dreamer stories, and Brainy stories, and Lena stories, and Alex stories that they're not going to tell because they don't tie in to the theme of the season. Yeah. And so they were like, well, you know, aside they go, but this is the last time they have the opportunity to tell these stories. So I hope that they don't get so tied up in the theme that they ignore what could be, you know, good stories for the characters. Cause we want to see these characters grow and progress in this last season. We want to know where they end up at the end of the show. So how does Alex wanting to have a baby tie into the theme of power? 
I mean, um, it's a good question. Maybe the maybe the baby is like a really strong baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna you know say no to that idea. We, <laughs> we we know that there are superpowered babies that can exist. She's like this baby has too much power. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a metaphorical power over her life now because she's the, the baby's lifting them. weights in the corner, just pumping iron. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a good point that if you have all these other stories that you possibly could tell and they don't fit in the, to the theme, what do you do with them? Uh, so that uh, is just a strange approach that I don't particularly like, but that's what they use on the show. Um, Paula also wonders if maybe Cara will explore her power as a reporter. I would love that. Uh, well, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't know. But then what do you do with William? Because he is also a reporter. <laughs> and so is Nia, who is also a reporter. Oh, don't worry. Nia doesn't remember that. Cora <laughs> <laughs> has trained her well. She's like, no, you don't have to show up at work. It's cool. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, so, yeah. So that's uh, kind of where we are with the themes and possible character journeys that are going to be happening. So, uh, Morgan, do you want to take us into some casting news? Because we have sure. new characters uh, we for have this final season. Some extra characters, which is exciting. Uh, <laughs> according to Deadline, actors Jason Bear and Claude uh, Knowlton have joined the cast of the upcoming sixth season of CW Supergirl in recurring roles. Knowlton will play a mild-mannered alien whose tragic past allows him to help the Super Friends with their mission at hand. Bear will portray a famous or noted Kryptonian who plays a significant role helping Kara when she faces circumstances beyond her control. Oh. The character name is being kept under wraps. Now, as a, um, a Roswell fan from back in the day, original Roswell, not, not this new Roswell, original Roswell, I am so happy that Jason Bear is going back to his roots playing Aliens. <laughs> that's that's what he should always be spoiler doing. alert for Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the first episode. She's like, Where are you from? And then he just points straight up. And it's like one of our one of my favorite things. We used to like my some of my friends, we would be like do the point sometimes. That's pretty so, good. So I'm excited that he's uh he's getting he's getting back to his roots. If I if I trust one thing, it's that Jason Bear knows how to play an alien. He's gonna be he's gonna play <laughs> playing his heart out now. And Bear Bear is on the right here. If uh, you're watching on video, uh, and it, yeah. If you're not a him. if you're not a Roswell super fan like I am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, honestly go back to the early 2000s Roswell. It is a trip. Now I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw down some Roswell spoilers. So if Ooh, you okay. if you are afraid of Roswell spoilers from the early 2000s TV show, now is the time to briefly pause the podcast. <laughs> so at one point, the all the aliens on the show, there's a couple of them. There's like three of them. They all get dupes. And the dupes are their evil twins. <gasps> and so no, you you would think like, okay, evil twins. Like they 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 go, no, 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 we're gonna make it as far out as we can so they're all like they all have piercings and tattoos and they're all like hey it's us you're dupes like with uh, like mohawks and uh and max's dupe is incredible he's got like piercings and like really strange hair and like so after seeing jason bear embody that dupe the max and the dupe there's nothing he can't do 
<laughs> that sounds amazing. It 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 honestly was. A lot of people say the dupe storyline was bad. Those people are wrong. Those people <laughs> could not be more wrong. <laughs> how would you sign how, me up? How could you tell that they're the evil twins if they weren't wearing a lot of eye makeup and <laughs> have a lot of piercings? Obviously, that means evil. That's <laughs> it's so amazing. ridiculous. It's like such a ridiculous, like, wh- who are evil? Punks. It's like, really? Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a choice you're making. Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess um, we can maybe kind of break down the the, the character description. So a mild manner alien whose tragic past allows them to help the super friends with their mission at hand. That sounds like a new character because uh, we know that there are lots of aliens on uh we we do on it's, it, what, this, whatever earth we are on because i don't know worlds that we I live in now i don't know if it's connected to superman and lois we could be on a different earth now i don't know uh so uh so whatever earth we're on i think this is probably just maybe like a random alien i don't know what are your thoughts morgan do you do you it's, think it's somebody we might know i feel like it's going to be a random alien i think it would be a good opportunity to bring in like a DC alien from the comics because it could be any kind of alien. So at least like a DC alien comics race maybe would be fun. Yeah, I would love it if it was a DC comics character, but uh, a mild-mannered alien. I don't know if that's a reference to Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter. Uh, I don't know if it will be somebody at Catco who is an alien. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but the, the second one feels like maybe more of somebody we are supposed to know. Bear will play a famous or noted Kryptonian who plays a significant role uh, helping Kara when she faces circumstances beyond her control. And the I was kind of going through famous Kryptonians in my head. And we're kind of running out of them. Because we there's, are. <laughs> there's Zod. There's Feora. Uh, there is Jack Sewer, uh, there's Les Alar, uh, Black Flame. Um, I'm trying to think of something, you know, Jorel, Zorel, Allura, you know, trying to think of all those those characters. And the only one that I thought might work for this uh, is um, Zaltar from Super Supergirl the movie. Yes. And it really reinforces our fans. I think, I think <laughs> for the first time, we might be onto something. Because if you read that description, it says that uh, she's... Uh, helping Kara when she faces circumstances beyond her control. What is more beyond your control than the Phantom Zone? I hope he's Zoltar. I, again, I know Jason Bear has range, and we can, <laughs> he can he can be asking her if she wants like a little nip of that weird uh, drink that he's got, and she could be like, "No, thank you." <laughs> I I mean, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna maybe. I'm, I, I'm going to be disappointed now if they don't do that. Because we've really, we've we've mapped it all out, I think. I know. They could just uh, just put him in a colorful sweater like Peter O'Toole and just like let him go. Yeah. So that's the only other Kryptonian I could think of. Um, so uh, Rogue Artist is saying, uh, so I'm going to look up this character because I actually don't know who you are referencing. A, car- a Carter, maybe? Uh, this is, okay, this is who maybe some of these people are talking about on Reddit. Ah. There's, uh, I think there's a comic book that is coming out soon. Uh, Carter Ull, C-A-T-A-R-O-L, Kryptonian Hawkman. Oh, I actually. Oh, no, not Hawkman. (laughs) I really kind of hope that's not it. I, I want it to be a Kryptonian connected to Supergirl. I hope that's not, I mean, 
it's that's a good pull, rogue artist, but I'm kind of hope like I'll be disappointed if that's who that is. But that's what? not a famous Kryptonian. <laughs> what I don't if, know who that guy is. And I, I should know people. I don't come know back in the Phantom Zone. She's got coffee for them. She's a barista again, but she's a barista in the Phantom Zone. She's like started Hawk Girl started her own like Starbucks kind of situation within the Phantom Zone. I could doesn't that change your mind at all. <laughs> Maybe I was trying to think of how would she keep like the the cups and everything because like in my mind the Phantom Zone is like the Dune version where yeah. like everything like there's wind everywhere like dust flying up. So I was trying to I was trying to think how would she how would she have like a like an espresso machine. <laughs> I just imagine her like kind of floating in the air and like Supergirl's floating by and she's like cappuccino. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that's uh who it's gonna be or not. Uh that but... would be a deep pool though, wouldn't it? Like I've never you've never heard of it, which makes me think I... that they definitely have it. <laughs> I've heard of Carter Hall, which I think yeah. is another version of Hawkman. But I've never heard of a Kryptonian Hawkman. That's new. I know about Kryptonian werewolves, uh, <laughs> but but I've never I've never uh, experienced a Kryptonian Hawkman. So that is a new one for me. Okay, so rogue artist. Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. Paul, go ahead. Good question. Have we seen Zorel in Argo? I mean, Zorel's kind of the. From what I knew, Zorel is kind of did, like no more. Did he die? I want to say he died. I thought he died because they talk about him like he was dead. And like, uh, and like her, Alora wasn't like, oh yeah, your dad's in there making that uh, gazebo for your friend or something. Like he's not like out back in the shed. It didn't seem like he was around. Yeah. Uh. It, well. It. Yeah. Uh, he did die. And now I'm trying to remember how did he die? Did he die when he did the um, when he like protected Argo? Does anybody remember? Yeah, he died saving Argo City. That's yeah. Yeah, Daryl says he died saving Argo City. So I couldn't remember <laughs> if I was correct on that or not. <laughs> Abby said, "What if there's another pod?" I would dislike that very much. <laughs> <laughs> what? What if season six? I, I, Every episode begins with a new character arriving via pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Commit if you're going to commit to it. They're like, go, we're, go for we're it. Going back to season one, full circle, baby. Pods all the way. Pods all the way down. <laughs> then, then we could get some cool characters, maybe from that. So I don't know. I would dislike it, but I'm also kind of open to it. If you if you made good choices on who is in the pod, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, so maybe it could be Zorel. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's like back from the dead. Maybe they didn't know he or survived. Maybe, maybe he never died and he ended up in the phantom zone. <gasps> Ooh, twist. I mean, it's not, it's not difficult to do this. And I feel like maybe they, they could take some lessons from our speculations. I like how I immediately was like, well, wouldn't he be too young for that? Because in my mind, he's the same age as he was in the early 2000s when I watched uh, Rosal and he has not aged at all, just like I haven't. So yeah, so I don't know. We will have to see who this famous Kryptonian is. Uh, but uh but right now I have no big speculations other than Zoltar, just because I would love to see Zoltar um, show up. And I think he would be a good character to bring in to help Kara go for, uh, you know, to face some circumstance beyond her control. I think that would be uh, a good choice there. 
All right. Well, uh, I guess we could also talk about some season six news involving Kyler Lee as a director. She recently Ooh. spoke to TVLine.com about playing the flash, uh, about directing the flashback episode, uh, created creatively titled Prom Again, which is episode six. Uh, and Kyler Lee said, uh, quote, playing Alex Danvers on Supergirl for the past six years has been one of the absolute highlights of my career. Then on top of that, being given the opportunity and honor to direct an episode in our final season is the greatest gift I could have asked for. In turn, I've grown tremendously as an artist in, in ways only uh, ooh, cannot read <laughs> in ways I only imagined and have found a deep passion to be on the other side of the camera. I'm so grateful for the amazing team that surrounded and supported me and absolutely loved every part of the process, even in moments I didn't know all the answers and felt a bit in over my head. But I learned that asking for help, especially as a first timer, didn't make me any less of a leader on set. In fact, it ultimately bolstered my confidence as a storyteller and greatly appreciate the power of collaboration. She also says, uh, respect for every department that works tire tirelessly to make great TV, the need for humility, the significance of punctuality, and the reward for making uh, some calculated risks were the biggest takeaways for me. I look forward to the new adventures that lie ahead, unquote. So I'm actually encouraged that Kyler is directing one of the flashback episodes that possibly yes. involve the Danvers sisters. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm really excited for her, and I can't wait to see this episode. I think whenever they um, they have a cast member take over and direct the show, you can always tell because they know the characters, they know the they know the actors, they know what's going to get a good performance out of them, and and how they work best and what their strengths are. So I think this is going to be a really good episode, and I'm excited to see what she brings to the directing chair. Yeah, and if it's about the uh, Danvers sisters, which I think uh, we've got Isabella in this picture that we're showing on the live stream, uh, who plays young Kara, uh, I think that's a real benefit to have Kyler there because she would know that relationship really well. I think she probably knows, she definitely knows Alex, but I think she knows Kara pretty well. So that's that. I think that's going to be really cool to see uh, what she brings to the table with a flashback for the Danvers sisters. So I'm actually pretty excited about that because I think that's a really fitting episode to give her to direct because uh, she would do really well with that. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, a Danvers sister flashback, definitely. Even though uh, I, I, we, we still don't know why there's prom and prom again. There's, is that so many prop? What if it's a trilogy and at the end of the season <laughs> we get we get like prom part three or like prom the final prom? <laughs> <laughs> the final. <laughs> the final prom. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, continue sending us uh, your your pitches, uh, your your episode <laughs> titles for the th the third installment of the prom trilogy. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's keep that going for a while. That would be great. Uh, so that is uh, Kyler information about Kyler directing. Uh, so I guess while we're here, since uh, we we gathered to sort of refresh our um, minds about the season five finale, uh, because it all it aired almost a year ago, almost uh, <laughs> almost a year ago. So uh, now that we've gotten through some of our season six news, we'll kind of jump back a season and take a look back at the end of season five to to just remember what happened in case everyone forgot uh, so that we can head into the final season of Supergirl really refreshed and knowing what's happening. Uh, so uh, 
I recently went back and rewatched the finale and I had forgotten a few things, Morgan, uh, that was really important. And uh, I can't believe that I'd forgotten so many important things. I actually had forgotten until that rewatch that uh, non new cherry was a thing. I had forgotten oh. the term. I forgot and, what her mind control, like the term for the mind control project. I just kind of vaguely remembered it was mind control. And she was doing that like pretty late in the season, wasn't she? Was she doing that still in the finale? She was She was doing it all season. She kind of, towards the end of the season, uh, ditched it. And she was like trying to stop Leviathan because she realized she had made a <laughs> she mistake. Was like, Wait, am, am I becoming a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did you, did you take over a satellite, Lena? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> did you try to mind wipe everybody so uh that was one of the big things that on my rewatch i was like oh yeah it was called non-necherry and it, when she, when they started talking about it, i was like i had to like remember like what what was non-necherry yeah i had to i i was like i cannot believe i forgot that uh so yeah so lena just if you if you had to remember some things that happened in season five especially towards the end uh lena did try to mind control the world and that was that technology because technology was the theme of season five uh was being used by leviathan to mind control everybody and kill everybody in the vr uh so that it was a thing i also had forgotten and somebody can maybe clear some things up about this in the chat if if they have some information that i have forgotten um, but the the Eve Tesmacher that they encounter in the finale was not one because this is post crisis, so they didn't really have a lot of interaction with this Eve. This Eve was like maybe a little more innocent. She was like trying to do stuff to save her mom. Do you remember that? Yes. So she's the one who killed Jeremiah Danvers, though, right? And no one knows that yet, still, right? See, is, I have I have forgotten that too. <laughs> that was I'd one heard. of my favorite reveals of season five. And so I held that close in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she's not as innocent as I thought she was in that finale. Because they I, were like, oh, we've got to reconnect her with her mom. And it was like the sweet moment that she had with her mother. But no, she was a murderer. She murdered your <laughs> mind. I mean, I think she was kind of, she kind of did it under duress, but she still murdered that dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was connected, I think, to the mom thing. She was like blackmailed into it. Yeah, they were like Ugh. using her mom against her, I think, in the post-crisis version of reality. That's um, what it was. <laughs> that we find ourselves in. I, I only remember that because the reveal that um that a that they remember jeremiah danvers in season five and b that eve was the one who killed him was like one of the few things that gave me joy that season <laughs> <laughs> it was a great reveal although i hated that they did it off screen uh if you're gonna do that at least give me a good on-screen death yeah like a really dramatic one and like you could really like play up eve and like being like kind of evil and then she oh i'm so sorry i did that but I'm, you must die like <laughs> come on like just give me give me some of that uh Donna Donna points out that Eve shot William, a thing I completely forgot. And we so. will just we will discuss this in some listener feedback because there's a really interesting email we got from a listener about the blood spatter. 
from an expert that we will now have to add to our arsenal of ah. expert listeners. Um, so we'll, we we'll have a get- CSI listener. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we will get to some of that. Um, and uh, so I think that uh, we'll we'll kind of table the William thing for now. But that was a thing that happened. She did shoot William. William was kind of uh, oh, and uh, also to re- re- remind ourselves, Kara uh, had to save William using heat vision to. Uh, what 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 is the term? Uh, she used her heat vision on him to like seal up the wound. I oh, guess like cauter cauterizing. Yes, I was like that. Feels like the wrong word. No, I it was I yeah, exactly the right word. But I can't say what's it cauterizing. What, what's the name of the the person who I whose name I can never get? Uh, Car- Carmina. Burana. Oh, wow. <laughs> Carmina Burana. But I could say Car- cauterize. Okay, but... Carmina Burana. <laughs> See, every time I say it, I sound like I'm sounding it out, like I'm a small <laughs> child learning to read. <laughs> Carmina? Uh... <laughs> The mind is a is a terrifying place that I can remember how to say some things, but like <laughs> completely lose me. Um, so uh, Kanisha said, I thought Lex tricked Eve into killing Jeremiah, which I seems think that's right. Right. <laughs> I well, think so. I maybe I didn't like go he, back to my rewatch far enough. I, maybe I feel like when he told off. her, he was like, oh, well, you just killed Supergirl's dad or something like that. And she was like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that was something she made. Did she even know it was Supergirl's dad? That's a good question. I don't. I don't just, somebody in this chat remembers, though. Does, I bet. Does, does anyone remember this? I I guess I'm going to have to go back and rewatch a whole bunch of episodes before next uh, next Tuesday because I have forgotten some of these plot points. I guess I could go into my Google Docs, but that might take a little bit. Daryl points out if the characters don't learn that Eve killed Jeremiah, the reveal means nothing. That's the thing. Nobody else knows that Eve killed Jeremiah. Yeah, apparently Eve thought she was some- he was somebody else. Yes, that and, seems familiar to me. And it says uh, she didn't. Lex lied to her. So I well, remember, of course, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, just please go kill Supergirl's dad real quick for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was a, a new and different that I had I'd forgotten all about that. So, um, so were there any other things um, that uh, maybe that you want to to get some answers about? Um, I I had even forgotten about um, the the brainy the Megan Rath sca- uh, character. She's like that other brainiac oh, yeah, guy. She was she- like the the like um, one of, yeah one of the other brainiac fives and she was like the last one left talking to him right yeah she had kind of stayed with him which was actually mm-hmm. a, a couple of scenes that were really sweet in the episode like you could tell that they were brother and sister because they were really kind of digging into that that emotion um but i have a lot of questions about like um you know what what's is she gonna come back like what's what's gonna happen with that are there you know are the other brainies gonna be around i i I don't even know if i've still wrapped my mind around all of those brainies and like didn't he kind of absorb the other brainies like a like a sponge Uh, maybe it's like we're all one brainy now I think that that seems familiar to me. Is that in the bottle episode? Is that is that the episode? Someone, I, I feel I like so. we're just we're just trying to get the listeners uh, to remember things for us because we, <laughs> yeah, we we have we need to go back and rewatch this stuff. But yeah, that seems that seems right. And um, so I'm curious if the if the other brainies will come back into play in season six. 
Um, so I, I, uh, I had forgotten some things that were pretty important. Oh, the, the big brain is that, I think that's what they were calling it. Yes. It's kind of like a sort of the brainiac collective unconsciousness is kind of what I was getting out of it. Like we are all in the big brain, but mostly, you know, you're in your body, like the body, but then they were all sort of in a, this kind of. I don't he, know, like he, a data. He, he could he could summon her. Like yeah, he summoned yeah. her and he appeared. So I re- remember that. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious if they will come come into play in season six. So Morgan, are you are there any um th- like questions that you had that you wanted to like get a definitive answer to in season six that they just like you're going to be so disappointed if they don't g- give you that answer. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of them. I don't know how much I, okay, so there's two sides to that, that that question. Are there questions that we need answers to in season six? Technically, yes, from a storytelling perspective. Do I, do I want those answers? Eh, eh, not, not necessarily. Like, for instance, they set up Leviathan as like, this shadowy organization, but they kept referring to like the head of Leviathan. Like, who is she? Who is like, oh, I'm going to report you to the head of Leviathan. Like, you know, all this stuff about, you know, she's not going to be happy when she finds out this, 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 and this. And like, do I care to learn who that is? Medium. But like, should we, from a storytelling perspective, get back, a circle back around to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I have a feeling that I'm gonna be disappointed by whoever oh, yeah. this is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've already put out my wish list there, and unless they're getting they're fitting Katie with that wig right now, I don't think it's gonna work <laughs> out for me. <laughs> because who who? Because there's two sides to that as well. It, it, if it's somebody, uh, you know, it, it almost has to either be somebody we know, so that the reveal will be like shocking. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my god! The twist of lena luther's mother is there or (laughs) it has to be somebody new and we have to be invested in this person and we have to care about this person there's not enough time there's just not enough time unless i don't know what they're gonna do somebody like connect it to whatever storyline is happening this season like somebody from the phantom zone maybe if that's what's happening this season is behind leviathan but in that case does that make would that even make sense i don't think it would but they did early on. There was a rumor that there was a casting call out for somebody, I think, named Rosemary. Mm. If anybody in the chat remembers anything about that. Um, so I don't know if that I haven't pieced it together until we were talking just now that maybe that could have been the head of Leviathan. Um, I, I think that's probably just kind of a fake name so that they don't um, release it out. Whoever the head of Leviathan is in the casting calls. Um <laughs> But that we may have ahead of a Leviathan coming. Um, I, I definitely think they need to tell us who that is because yeah. that's, that's a huge unanswered question that they, I mean, they talked about her a lot in the finale. They did. Uh, uh, pencil skirt referenced her several times. Uh, so whoever's above pencil skirt, I want to know who that is because pencil skirt, I know you maybe didn't like pencil skirt as much, but I loved pencil skirt. And if somebody is better than pencil skirt, I want to know who that is. <laughs> so um, that is something I am very. I want to see the org out. chart for Leviathan. Yeah. I want to see who's at the top of that org chart. Like who's calling the shots there. And also I'm kind of confused because didn't pencil skirt get wrapped up into the bottle, just like Ramakan and his buddies. I think 
So would all of so would all of Leviathan be in there? So would the head of Leviathan go into the bottle? Well, do we know who the head of Leviathan like? Like, wouldn't they have had to like get her into the bottle somehow? Well, I kind of need to know who she was to pop her into the bottle. But I assumed that they were all part of that like alien species. Because didn't we find out that the Leviathan was all like the same species of of people of alien race? That's right. I forgot about that. I guess it could be based on their DNA, maybe. I remember when when pencil skirt got really mad at the end and she turned into like a pencil skirt monster. That which was I thought that was awesome. I was really like, cool. This, this is the greatest thing. Uh, <laughs> and then they then they uh, I think they had her go into the bottle. So I don't know if we're gonna uh, see her again. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I don't know what they do with the head of Leviathan if it's part of the alien race. So they're really gonna have to answer that question because I have a lot of questions about the head of Leviathan. Yeah, um, Daryl says uh, Gamemne's human skin got torn off, and now she's just a scary robot lady. I still love her. I still love Pencil Skirt. And I, I maybe like her more now that she's a scary <laughs> robot lady. But we know that I love the scary robot ladies. Yes, like, yeah, that's been well established. Scary <laughs> robots are kind of your thing. It's, it's kind of my genre. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think uh, the last time I heard her name pronounced, it was Gemine. Oh, that's right. That's right. Gemine. Or that that still doesn't seem right when you look at it. It doesn't though, does it? <laughs> Gamemne looks right, but it I think it looks but I think, right. <laughs> but I think they said Gamine. Um, yeah. So I yeah. Uh, Nicole makes a good point. Uh, Gemma was a robot version of the angelic doll from Rugrats. I remember us talking. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> she, she had all she had all those like hair sticking out. It's so um, bad. Donna did confirm she did not go into the bottle. I swear something affected her though. When like after Ramakand was definitely in that bottle, I was following his story, his story, his character journey very closely. But she was like in the cat co office, like, Wah! oh, like, yeah, yeah, like she's getting electrocuted. So I just assumed she was getting sucked into the bottle, too. So I don't know, maybe I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, so she's still that, on the loose, she's still in the prowl. If that's not the case, is she just like short circuiting? What What is happening <laughs> to her then? Um, so uh, that's very strange. They did not do a great job explaining what was happening in the, uh, <laughs> it turns five. out that condensing three episodes into one episode isn't always the best choice. It's maybe not. Uh, Donna says she lost her skin. I do remember that, but the, the, the shaking in, in the office is what made me think she was getting sucked into the bottle. So, um, but everybody is disagreeing with me in the chat saying she did get st- <laughs> stuck in the bo- bottle. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just misinterpreted that scene. It's very well possible. Uh, so uh, glad to have some confirmations on that. But then that uh, that opens more questions for me, though. It's going to, yeah. <laughs> Be- because if she doesn't get sucked into the bottle, why is it just Ramakan and his buddies? Is it like location like you have to be near the bottle to be sucked up into it? Maybe, yeah, maybe the bottle's like a vacuum. And if you're not close <laughs> by, it's not going to suck that dirt up in. But then why did Brainy... Because wouldn't Brainy want to get all of them and not just some of them? You would think uh, You would think that considering he's supposed to be the smartest character there ever was. But maybe he just built it with kind of a design flaw where it only gets the ones nearby. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. So that that opens a lot of questions for me if she didn't get sucked because because that sort of made sense to me 
if if he was sucking up all the Leviathan people and she got sucked into, I'd be like, oh, well, that makes sense because they're all like they share the same like alien DNA. Like I can kind of make that make sense in my in my brain. So now if that's not the case, I don't know what the deal is going on with that. <laughs> uh, Donna in the chat says that the first episode synopsis references a final battle with Leviathan. So it sounds like at the very least, we're going to get some of our Leviathan questions answered. Hopefully. But then are they going to... I mean, I joked about introducing the head of Leviathan and killing her off in the same episode, but they may do that. It seems very like... Like, what if... What if that casting call for a Rosemary was like legit? It was not, it was not trying to hide anything. The head of Leviathan's name is Rosemary, and then they just <laughs> kill her immediately. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Rosemary. Uh, but someone can fact check me on You're that. Like, or- Rosemary's been working at Leviathan for like 30 some years. She's really climbed the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh that is uh something to look out for. how are they gonna de- defeat Leviathan? I mean, th- I think they've already got most of it done for them if Brainy has <laughs> trapped some of them in the bottle. Uh are they gonna have all a- of them? <laughs> But apparently not pencil skirt. Pencil skirt might still be a threat, which now I'm kind of excited. <laughs> so I have a question from last season, and that is about Akrata. Oh, um, yeah. What's up? What's up with her? Like, uh, wh- what's she going to be? Is she is Julie Gonzalo? Because I've seen her tweet some stuff about the new season. Is she? Sticking around? Is she going to be a character again this season? Is Andrea Rojas going to be in the mix? And if so, in what way? Like She's I not kind on of, the poster. I, yeah, I kind of feel like her company got taken down. And uh, does she still own CatCo? Uh, well, that's if you take into uh, the fact that real world circumstances of the fact that, uh, well, it wasn't CatCo, it was Obsidian North. Yeah. That, uh, almost mind control and killed everybody in the VR. So I assume she'll be fired from that position, maybe let go. Like, like I, I mean, that just seems like a thing that you may have to face a consequence for. Yeah, I feel like you want to shut career. down that uh, that division that almost killed a lot of humanity by trapping them in VR. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not corporate America, but uh, <laughs> you think at, at, the, at the at the very least she's getting a golden parachute out of there. Like they don't want to <laughs> keep her around. <laughs> she's not the face of the company anymore. I would hope <laughs> she's not going to be on those commercials that she's uh, making all the time. Uh, maybe she could still be the head of Catco, but I don't know if she's still got a job with Obsidian North. I feel like that company is maybe <laughs> getting shut down. <laughs> like so, I guess my question about about Andrea Rojas is twofold. One, what way does she make sense on the show anymore after season five? And two, is the Akrata storyline gonna, like, she still has power. She still has, like, superpowers. Are they gonna have any influence on the story or the the season? She has powers of shadow, which they referenced, I think, in the season five finale. And it was irritating to rewatch that and realize that they did not work that into a Supergirl the movie reference. Uh, because that is something they say in Supergirl the movie with Selena and the the monster that she creates. Um, I don't see much of a purpose for her anymore. It's not that I don't like Julie Gonzalo. I'm still hoping for that that huge Dallas reunion. So I, I'm I'm I would welcome her to stay if we can get other Rebecca. Dallas what if friends. what if Rosemary is Judith Light? 
that's I, we've been pitching this forever that she would come on and be the big bad like that would be That'd amazing be but you don't even need to build up to that a lot of other viewers sure will be like i don't it's kind of weird that it's just some random person but for us for, for us, us and our listeners not just some random person it, it would the be dame judith light <laughs> We have damed her on this one. <laughs> we, we have. She would already have that built-in gravitas that would exactly. be good for like a like a big bad. Uh, I mean, I'm still hoping for it. But I and in terms of a character, Andrea Rojas, I mean, I think she kind of came in, served her time as Lena's friend, and told that story. And I, I don't personally see a reason for her to be around. The season six poster didn't seem to care. Uh, about her, so I and they they squeezed everybody into that poster, so <laughs> they, they sure were dead. Uh, so I, I mean, that's I not true. They didn't put William on there. They were like, "Now nah, we're good." Oh, that's true. Poor William. Well, then that's no spot on the poster for him. Well, then why try to put ten people into the poster <laughs> if you're not going to put everybody in there? Oh, that poor William. That doesn't make any kind of sense to me. You either put everybody or nobody. That's, that's how it should go. You get one or all. Those are your choices. <laughs> you either do Supergirl or squeeze everybody in there. Um, yeah, so I think that's weird. But yeah, I don't know. I I assume Andrea will still be around, but I don't see any storytelling need for her there. Um, to go back to Rosemary, because we kind of briefly talked about that character. Donna says the Rosemary was for a season six villain. Uh, rumor to either be Ladama. I have no idea who that is. You know who this person um, para is? Ampara Cardenas. Or <laughs> Cardenas. She, she sounds like an opera singer. <laughs> um, but I know Emerald Empress, who is the other person. Uh, that would make more sense to me. If Emerald Empress was the head of Leviathan, that would be a boss. I would be into that. Um, then you could also work into uh, Legion of Superheroes in the final season. But uh, we're going to have to look up Ladama on um, so Faro. I, I don't know who that is. Who is that, Morgan? this character up she is uh do, 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 do. this is in the prime earth mind you thank you uh dc fandom wiki um it says that she is uh she cl she claims to be older than time itself uh she's oh. gone by many pseudonyms uh like the dame lady sticks and the <laughs> the lord slash queen of all beings and things She's that, an enemy of the Blue Beetle and the Justice League. Okay, those descriptions sound like maybe the head of Leviathan. That <laughs> also, in the 21st century, she took up residence in El Paso, a terrifying place, establishing herself. <laughs> a real as scary a, layer there. Not El Paso. Establishing her <laughs> <laughs> not the oh my god. Uh, establishing herself as a as a mob boss and quickly becoming Blue Beetle's enemy. She's done a lot of stuff. So, so that <laughs> wait, hold on. Sense. In the 30th century, she resurfaced as a galactic conqueror and tyrant. <laughs> so mean, she's been get that version really busy. She's been really <laughs> busy. Her army of scullions killed off half of the Justice League, oh. forcing the survivors to run away while she easily took over the world, spread her rule across the galaxy, starting from El Paso, and brainwashed a group <laughs> of teenagers in. <laughs> 
in another reality uh, would have become the Legion of Superhero into being her slaves. Wait, as Supergirl and her team discovered, she isn't interested in ruling anything. She conquers a world and plays the benevolent despot until she gets bored, usually quickly and easily, and then she burns it to ashes. One of her minions claims she could annihilate the League at any time or have prevented their existence, but they amuse her. Interesting. How, so, have I, how have I never heard of this character before? She seems yeah. like she's very threatening to big characters. Yes, right? She uh, Okay, so she first appeared as part of New 52 oh. DC Universe in Blue Beetle, um, volume 8. Number one. So she's either she's either first appeared. I'll call although this I will say this Wikipedia entry says that she first appeared both in Blue Beetle volume number seven and also in Blue Beetle volume number eight. So somewhere thereabouts between <laughs> seven and eight, she pops up in El Paso. So <laughs> I yeah, I'm a little mixed on that because it sounds like a cool <laughs> character and it sounds like it would work for the head of Leviathan, but also could we get a Supergirl character on this show? <laughs> uh, Supergirl is mentioned in that description. Um, strangely enough, she her, her, her mention just kind of comes out of nowhere. Now, Rebecca, does this change you anything? Because here's her pull quote from uh, the DC.fandom.com wiki. It's, but the queen of all beings and things transcended ridiculous human emotions a hundred thousand years ago. Does that I mean, make you more she, excited about her? <laughs> she does seem like an over-the-top villain I could defend A hundred thousand years ago, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the uh, the Leviathan characters have been around a long time. They are immortal, uh, or immortal, I should say. Uh, so that would that would line up. But, oh, man, just want a super cool character. <laughs> yeah, why is it so hard to do? Would uh, be great. Would be great, definitely. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that could be, uh, yeah, Daryl says Emerald Embers is way more tied to the Legion than she has ever been to Supergirl. That's not necessarily true. She was in Rebirth. So she uh, gave Supergirl yeah. a big time in Rebirth. Um, and uh, she's also, uh, Supergirl went up against Emerald Empress in Justice League Unlimited in some of those episodes with the Justice League. So that could be the case. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this is... Uh, Oh, I think we have a guest star on Super yeah, Radio. Is that Beaker, Beaker has very complicated feelings about this casting. News. <laughs> He's like, he he also often feels like an immortal being <laughs> who is the conqueror of the universe. Uh, so he relates to her in like a really we uh, very visceral way. He yeah. is the mob boss of this house. So it's not quite <laughs> El Paso, but it'll have to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to see uh, if he uh, succeeds in any of his uh, mob mobster <laughs> shenanigans that he's got going on. Um, well, I guess we should get to some uh, listener emails because uh, I want to apologize uh, that we had t took so long to address these emails from season five. But this is the perfect time to do it now. Uh, to help we're, us we're remember. refreshing ourselves and we're going to talk about the emails of the show that we remember again a little bit <laughs> now now this is actually really appropriate so we've been hanging on to these emails until the the right time and so now is the time so uh we have an email from redlocks 27 who wrote in to share some thoughts about immortal combat which was the season five finale saying quote i would love uh i would like to and morgan if you want to um pop up the uh the actually i can pull it up right now uh the blood spatter 
uh, just so we can look at William, <laughs> William's injury while we uh, talk about it. So uh, Redlocks27 says, I would like to voice an observation about the scene with William and Eve. The blood stain on his shirt after he shoots him, after she shoots him, is not accurate as compared to what would actually happen realistically. I know this is a show, but I am still, uh, but I am still picky since I have a certification on blood stain pattern analysis. <laughs> Eve is probably standing at a maximum seven yards away with a handgun and hits him conveniently in the right shoulder seven yards to a trained assassin should be relatively easy to hit close to center with point being uh she could have shot him center chest or even in the head for the record i'm glad she didn't uh this listener goes on to say next would be the stain itself blood is affected by gravity and how much is pooling at a certain rate with william's injury the stain should be pulling at an entrance at the entrance and then drain downward Think of spilled uh, water on an angled surface, then placing a napkin on it. The stain, uh, the stains seen on the shirt are small and circular in nature, which corresponds to a drip pattern along with a cast-off pattern. Basically, I could tell the makeup artist took a pipette, which I didn't know was a thing, took a pipette of fake blood and put several drops on his shirt and maybe tried to fling some of them at an angle, creating the cast-off pattern. The shape of how circular they are tells me that's the that it was done relatively close to an 80 degree angle, suggesting they had the shirt laying down on a surface and placed the fake blood on it. If the bullet went through and through, there should be blood on his back as well as in a later shot, he is seen with none. Also, <laughs> That's a good point as well. <laughs> also, when Carr pulls apart his shirt, his injury is a little exaggerated. The wound looked more like an exit wound, what uh, should be on his back or what it would look like if Eve shot him point blank. From seven yards, it is still very close, but would not cause that type of damage, in my opinion. The handgun looks like a nine millimeter or 40 millimeter. The entrance hole would be relatively small and the exit would be more exaggerated due to the force of the bullet and force of en energy. Although this is a lot of information, I was impressed by the writer's creativity to have Kara cauterize the wound and that they would actually put a small hole in his shirt unquote <laughs> um Ooh, I, lots I of love, information i love this person so much as somebody who <laughs> listens to like a truly frightening amount of true crime podcasts like i want to know like so much more about their blood splatter analysis <laughs> i'm like wait what <laughs> Please, uh, uh, the the user, the emailer is redlocks27. Uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, a lot of people, if you're listening to this, a lot of people in our chat want to follow you. So if you're on I Twitter, follow them. if you're on Twitter, uh, please let us know what your Twitter handle is. Uh, but redlocks27 uh, gave us a great blood spatter analysis uh, for that scene, uh, which is something I would not have picked up on. For sure. No, me neither. Does this mean that we have like a for, like a forensics consultant standing by as I, well? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, hopefully we can call on uh, Redlocks27 uh, for any kind of uh, forensics analysis that might happen in a season six. Please let us know if there are other uh, blood spatter analysis that you want to share with us. We'd be open to it. Uh, so this this is pretty cool to know. I mean, I would I just looked at it and like, oh, you got shot. And it's fine. If, if we're watching something in season six and those forensics are wrong, I want you to write in and tell us about it because that was amazing. And and we're not going to know. So we, we, no, we trust. No, you could tell us almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we trust the experts on this. So uh, thank you for sending that email in and uh, letting us know all about that because that's, that's actually pretty fascinating. 
I like that we're just going to add, add this new person onto our science team. We're we're really <laughs> gathering a good team of people. We, I think. we are, yeah. We've got we've got lawyers, we've got scientists. Now we have forensics <laughs> experts. If you have an expertise, we will take you uh, yes. on our Supergirl Radio expert team. Um, okay, so we have an email from Ryan who writes, I found a timeline inconsistency, oh boy, <laughs> uh, that I thought you guys would love and might help your ongoing time slot battle with Superman and Lois. Thank you, Ryan. Any any fuel to that fire? They've already bested us, though, I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. Uh, Ryan goes on to say, I was scrolling through Netflix trying to find something to watch, and I saw Supergirl. I already watched Supergirl and have since it's premiered, but I stayed because the intro started playing. You know how when you wait for even a second on Netflix show and it starts giving you a promo for the show? Well, <laughs> Supergirls was just the beginning of the first episode, so I decided to watch it. During the intro, Supergirl states that her planet was destroyed 24 years ago, and that was when Clark was sent to live uh, his life and when she went into the Phantom Zone. So since Supergirl is now entering its sixth season, let's say that it has been six years since the premiere. So Clark would have had... So Clark would have had to have been 24 in Supergirl's first season and now 30. His kids are 14, which was said in the pilot. So that means Clark somehow met Lois at the Daily Planet, then got married to her and had kids all by 16. Which, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you're saying that makes no sense, but he is Superman, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean no, that's insane. <laughs> Uh, Ryan goes on to say, which makes no sense. Therefore, I believe that Superman and Lois must take place in the future. This could give us a hint as to why Supergirl is no longer mentioned. Maybe at the end of this season, she ends up going to the future with the Legion of Superheroes. Frankly, that's the only thing that makes sense. Because if you try and throw the crisis change things argument into it, that means the writers aren't speaking to each other on all of these shows and therefore refuse to acknowledge they are part of a shared universe. (laughs) And for a show that made a whole section of their pre-first episode special, uh, sorry for bringing it up, Rebecca, I know it's a sore subject. Uh, towards acknowledging that they are part of this universe, I find it incredibly disrespectful to the fans and the characters, especially Supergirl. I mean, when you line it, you know, line it out like that, that makes sense. I like the idea that Clark is is 30 and Superman and Lois, so I think that's almost funnier. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of the uh, holes in all of this would be fixed if Supergirl went to the future. He was like, I was 16 and I was working at the Daily Planet. (laughs) And I met Miss Lane. (laughs) Then we had a baby. (laughs) 16-year-old Clark Kent would be really funny at the Daily Planet. I would be. (laughs) Lois Lane is like, I don't know. There's just something about this kid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it becomes a very inappropriate story if Clark is 16. (laughs) <laughs> it like, takes no, all the romance out. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think if 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 they did uh, send Kara to the future, that you could at least justify it that way. That oh, this is some different timeline. <laughs> Nicole points out that this is Alex Danvers' academic history all over again, <laughs> which makes no sense that she accumulated all of that knowledge and expertise by the time she was what thirty. <laughs> yeah, she, she had all those degrees and everything. Everybody on this on these shows is is just a huge overachiever, just uh, like Doogie Howser levels of brilliant at young ages. Yeah, so the Superman and Lois timeline makes no sense, uh, and so we don't know. I 
there are people who think it's on a different earth and it could very well be. I would buy that too. But wasn't the whole purpose of crisis to bring them all into one earth? That's, That's what, what I thought. That's what I thought. And yet it seems like post-crisis, some of the shows are like going out of their way to not mention the other shows. I, I mean, I haven't watched like Batwoman at all this season, but like I suspect that Batwoman doesn't remember that she's ever met Supergirl. Like, I don't think that the in the first season there was like maybe one there was a one mention but i don't know if there's been any mentions of any of the other you know universes on the other shows it doesn't i think i think batwoman was using kryptonite somehow yeah that's right i mean i I wasn't caught up towards the end of the season i really have to catch up on this season i I Uh, but there was a kryptonite aspect towards the end of the season and then i don't know if that went anywhere in season two but well it does Batwoman has all kinds of weird issues happening now because they recast Kate Kane. So who knows what's happening? <laughs> now now it's going to be Batwomen. It's going to be <laughs> multiple Batwomans. Who knows what's going on there? Uh, Jay says, uh, wait, I pulled up the wrong comment. Where's Jay's comment? Uh, really, I think it was 24 years before Kara's pod landed and Kara is close to 30 and Clark is like in his late 30s or something. I mean, that's what it seems like. But when you factor in some of the actual history of the shows, then it then it becomes a little questionable. Um, so Daryl points out in Black Lightning, he mentions going to the Flash to get a device or something. So some of these shows still remember that the other shows exist. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see if Supergirl uh, recognizes anybody else as well um, for the final season. It looks like kryptonite has popped up on Batwoman. So spoiler alert, but it seems like somebody got shot with a kryptonite bullet and has a kryptonite infection. Um, how does so that, how does that infect a that, human? Yeah. Well, how would that be a, a huge problem for them? What? I mean, be? I mean, maybe it could get, I, I think humans can get like radiation from kryptonite. Yeah. That's, I mean, like in this, in the comics, right? Lex has that kryptonite ring and he eventually. Yeah. Gets, I think he, yeah, I think he cancer gets cancer or I think that's radiation right. poisoning. Yeah, I think that's it. So, I mean, I guess there is a human effect, uh, to, uh, yeah. Uh, Jen in the comments says radiation poisoning. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Well, that's, that's good to get caught up on Batwoman a little bit. So the more uh, we know, well, it's interesting to know, like I'm again, I'm a whole season behind. I haven't watched any of this recent season. So it's cool to know that there's like some Supergirl esque tie-ins or at least kryptonite maybe that's superman now <laughs> yeah it's 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 funny how there's a lot of supergirl on a lot of other shows uh and sometimes i get disappointed there's not a lot of supergirl on supergirl but uh <laughs> ho- hopefully the final season will will change that a little bit all right so uh let's get to an email from a listener named nabiha so i hope i pronounced that correctly nabiha uh sent us an email to say quote here are my thoughts on the supergirl season five finale at immortal combat uh, I like Alex's new costume, but I hate her makeup because it's a little over the top, by, but I guess it's to protect her identity. It's still better than a pair of glasses, though. Yeah, that will be something that we need to follow up to on uh, <laughs> season six as uh, Alex's uh, vigilanteism. Is, is it better than a pair of glasses? <laughs> it's very blue. <laughs> it's, and I guess maybe it still protects her identity. I guess. Would you still know uh, it was when Alex? She puts, when she puts the hood over, I mean, I it, I would say it does. It probably does make her look more different than than glasses would. Because when she puts up that hood and she's got the blue eye makeup on, she does just kind of like 
fade into the shadows. <laughs> Just cover her face. Then you don't see anything. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nabiha goes on to say, is it just me or was there a scene where Alex was full CGI? Like when she was showing Kara her costume and then everyone barged in, we could see Alex from the back and she looked totally animated. I wonder why they added that. That did seem to be maybe a COVID thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I that was definitely a COVID thing because it looked like suddenly I was playing like a video game. Like it was like Call of Duty suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed very green screen to me. Um, but well, I, I don't know. Well, may, if we ever get a chance to ask the wardrobe people, which I think the wardrobe people are high on my list for interviews, uh, that that would be something <laughs> we could ask. Uh, Nabiha goes on to say, uh, at last, Kara and Lena are on the mend. Uh, yes, that does seem to be the case. Uh, also, I'm uh, glad that Kara finally told Lena what I've been screaming at her from my couch this whole season. She finally realized how petty she was being. Uh, Nabiha goes on to say, why couldn't Brainy uh, tell the rest of the super team has planned to shrink leviathan i mean if he knows where their headquarters are how to get in and a way to stop them <laughs> why is he still working with lex he could have told everything to the team and then he could have had backup when he went into the torture room now that's just uh asking too much for him to actually tell people what he's doing and uh ask for help that seems that's uh, that's a lot to ask do you think there's going to be any repercussions like for Brainy, as far as Team Supergirl, for him kind of going behind their backs and working with Lex and kind of not like kind of betraying them, like not a hundred percent betraying them, but I mean, he did some some shady things in hoping that he was going to be helping them. But I think the the consequence for him is probably going to be with Nia because I think there's some stuff that Nia and Brainy have to work out because she was like seeing visions of him doing things in that Leviathan room. So yeah, I, th I think that's where maybe more of the um, uh, consequences will be for that. Um, and Donna also made a good point about the Alex point. Uh, I think someone said Kyler was sick when they filmed that episode. So maybe Ooh. they had to go back and add it back in after the, after the fact. So that could have been, um, so Nabia, let's get through her points. Uh, uh I've, I'm sorry. I might've assumed, uh, 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 the, uh, gender there, but, uh, Nabia said, uh, do you expect me to believe that Supergirl got a billion people to log out of their dream? A world just by her speech it was a good speech but i'm sure there should be at least a few people who have been like nope i'm good here <laughs> yeah absolutely there's some people who are like no no i mean i'm just gonna stay in the killer simulation yeah so um but i mean i guess some people might might have uh so that was an individual choice everybody had to make but everybody made it and everybody got out uh nabia says and why did she need such a big and emotional speech about how pain is important in the first place all she needed to say is in the simulation now or you're literally gonna <laughs> die that would have been enough for me that's a good point she could have taken a more direct approach she could have been like this simulation is killing you and i think a lot of people would have logged off at that point <laughs> but but listen she doesn't write these hope speeches at the beginning of the season for no reason she's got them in her back pocket she's gonna use them she's she's a little more theatrical than she wants other people to know like <laughs> she, i think she likes doing the hope speeches um so she she needed a little more flair for that one uh <laughs> no you know it doesn't matter if it maybe takes more time and could waste time to get people out of there <laughs> but she could have maybe taken a more direct uh approach and saved a little time uh and so nabia's last uh points i actually think the show did a pretty good job of wrapping up the season at least in supergirl they were able to temporarily stop leviathan it was a much better finale than the flash or batwoman where everything felt unresolved 
And I'm a little upset that Lex is still there. Does that mean we will have three seasons with Lex as, uh, as the big bad? I'm so tired of him, unquote. Uh, Nabea, I think a lot of us uh, feel the same way. Um, so we'll see what they do with Lex in season six. I hope he's not sticking around all season, but maybe he will. Uh, we'll have to see what they do with John Carter. It's been uh, a lot not, of Lex. <laughs> it's been a lot of Lex. Uh, not that I don't. I mean, we we like Ducky Lex with the hero. We Super do. Already. We we love John Cryer's Lex Luthor. It's just when he starts to take over the show, we just go mm, it's maybe a little too much now. Yeah, I think we could maybe spend some time with an, another villain for the final season. Uh, so Paula sent us an email saying, I would like to point out three occasions when something has been flipped or reused in a new light. One, Lena's lab. The lab is where Lena spent most of the season alone, working on Nana Cherry, plotting her questionably ethical plans. As such, it was a place of loneliness, bad choices, and darkness. In this episode, just as Lena made the choice to reach out to Kara, the lab turns into a place of hope. This is where Kara is kept safe. This is where Lena works on the life-saving suit. This is where Kara enters the VR to save humanity. And this is where all the heroes gather. Not the tower, Lena's lab. Ultimately, humanity is saved from the same place where humanity had previously been endangered where before there was loneliness now there is support where before there was evil now there is good a reflection of lena's journey oh that made me like that so much yeah paula's coming in with like some really good deep analysis here i like yeah, it for real um to lena's speech to andrea rojas this was an interesting parallel to the speech that Kara gave to lena at the end of the 100th episode mainly the point that if she chose good she would be welcome to the team but if she chose evil she'd be treated as a villain lena could have said anything to andrea but she chose to say something very similar to Kara's words if you choose to go down this path i will be there uh, she says, but if she chooses to kill Supergirl, they will be enemies. I think this was another way to show that Lena understands where Kara was coming from that night in her apartment. A speech from Kara now used by Lena. So that's also a good point. Yes, uh, a good um, uh, parallel between them. I'm liking these parallels. All right, yeah, the yeah. last parallel, Eve Tessmacher. In a scene that seemed quite focused on Astaz's wonderfully toned chest, <laughs> we had another flip. This time, Lena is pointing the gun at Eve. I may be wrong, but I think this Eve has never met Lena, although she must have fantasized about them being sisters-in-law at one point. Maybe there's a chance at a good relationship between the two. After all, at one point, they were best friends in another universe, and this Eve hasn't betrayed Lena. Hopefully, hopefully, this <laughs> Eve <laughs> isn't too resentful at Lena for the gun pointing. Uh, this flip is a small one, but it has significance as well. As pointed out previously in regards to Lena's speech to Andrea, she's practicing at being in someone else's shoes, and maybe she's learned something about forgiveness from holding the gun. Now, this is this one did make me question some things. In, in this version, in this post-crisis universe, do... do does Lena not know Eve Tessmacher? Ah, uh, I don't. I don't think so. It did. Wow. It's. It seemed like she was kind of um, far off from the rest of them. That she had that Jeremiah Danvers mission, and that was kind of it. And, <laughs> and I. I hope they don't get along with her. I like Eve when she's a betrayer. I like it when she, you know, does a double cross. 
and uh, turns on them. So I kind of hope maybe if they, if they don't know her very well, I hope that they get to know her and she double, cro- double, crosses, <laughs> she double them crosses them yet again. Yes. Like, we never learn with her. <laughs> yeah. Daryl says, I don't think Lena and Eve interacted post-crisis. So oh, that's, that's wild because like something in, I didn't think about in season, what three, they start working together in the lab or is it season they four? They definitely, I think, in season three, because I think I think Eve helped with the rings. Because yeah, I think Eve helped with the rings with, with the hair and owl. I think yeah, and Eve was around in season two, right? Because she's been inter- around since season one. I think. I yeah, I think she was so. Kat, she was Cat's assistant because she uh, she has like a little fling with Monel in season two. I think. Yes. So in, I think it was like season three that they were doing the science, they were doing the science experiments. So like, does that mean that th- that never happened in this post-crisis version of reality? Like Eve was never in the lab with Lena? I guess so. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> that's really annoying because hmm. all that all that past history between hmm. uh, <laughs> Eve wasn't in season one. Are we sure about that? Because she was she was like Kat's assistant. I thought so, but which, I could be definitely wrong. <laughs> which had to have been season one, uh, because Kat left after season one and only appeared in season two for a couple of times. Oh, Abby points out that maybe Lena doesn't know Eve of this universe, but Lena has her past memories, which I forgot about. Okay, say that again. Lena doesn't <laughs> know Eve of this universe. But she has her past memories, so, so she has her post, uh, her pre-crisis memories. Le- Lena does. Lena does. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Uh, crisis is really so confusing. Now I'm confused about season one. Am I misremembering everything about Eve Tessmacher? Well, Carl and was Kat's assistant in season one. But at some point, Eve took over that. Did, did she? Did she? Did she? What? She did something at <laughs> CatCo. I remember her being at CatCo and interacting with Cat Grant. And I, I just she, bonkers. Have I, I think I lost she it? was at CatCo. Maybe she was like the second assistant, like the backup assistant. What did she do at CatCo? Then? Like they had in the Devil Wears Prada, like <laughs> second girl on the desk. <laughs> I swear she used to go get Cat Grant lunch and stuff like that. Huh. Carl was hard to replace her as Cat's assistant. Oh, okay. Okay. I I buy that. So Some, like at the end of season, Google- like at the end of season one. So maybe Car like maybe Eve was like a starting in season two character. Okay, somebody's going to feel right. I'm going to have to do I'm going to have to do a rewatch cuz I swear I thought Eve Tessmacher was with Cat at yeah. some point. R- Rogue artist here says a cat stayed for two episodes in season 2. Oh, okay, Eve was the um Eve was the assistant of Cat after Carl left the job. Okay. So so you're right. So at the beginning of season 2, but it had to have been the beginning of season 2 then. That feels short to me. I feel like Eve's been with us all the all along. Has she, did did <laughs> Eve not appear in season one? That's crazy. I thought she was there the whole time. Okay, maybe this maybe this is why I'm misremembering. So Eve was James's assistant too. Oh. She also she also um, shot James in the back when he was in his office. His home that's office. Br- that's right. Eve is brutal. 
<laughs> okay, maybe that's where my my mind is misfiring. Is that I remember her being somebody's assistant at Catco, and I just assumed. And you it was... remember betrayal? <laughs> I did remember a betrayal. Okay, thank you all for uh, clearing that up for me because I was so confused. I was like, "Wait, what? How?" Uh, clearly, I, still, I need I to revisit like season the... one. That the post-crisis universe, uh, in the post-crisis universe, Lena and Eve have never, like, really worked together in the lab. Like, that was a big part of season three and four, I feel like. Yeah, definitely then, season three. And then season five, when she was uh, uh, she was a robot. She's been working in that lab for a long time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, I think the takeaway that uh, I'm taking away from this episode is I need to rewatch season one. In, in a big way. I thought yeah, I, I thought I, I thought I need, I thought I knew season one, uh, but apparently uh, not as well as I thought I did. Um, so that's really good to know. So we're learning a lot about Eve. We're learning a lot about their early seasons that we've clearly forgotten, <laughs> but it's so hard to remember sometimes with the post-crisis pre-crisis, like what do they remember? What are their memories? What are they doing now? So I'm very confused. Uh, so yeah, so that is uh, good. Good to know. All right, so I guess we'll get into Joseph's email really quickly. Uh, so Joseph wrote in to share some thoughts on the season five finale, writing, quote, the Lena and Kara stuff is all great and really makes the season uh, worthwhile and is something that can fully be said to wrap up without any more episodes. It was nice to see McGon again, and I thought the Martian interactions were uh, wonderful as always. I do wish Malphite could could have come back and maybe he was intended to come back in the final episode so it could come full circle and not just have his story in the first half and do nothing else with him. I do wish uh, Andrea's development was given a little more attention. Jesse Rath gets his juicy material here and he does well. I think his story was wrapped up pretty well, even though it's clearly not done yet. Alex's costume idea has to grow on me, but starting to find her purpose outside of the DEO as that's likely a place that won't be coming back. RIP director bones theory. <laughs> if it leads to more Alex and John, John episodes, I'm all for it. Unsure about putting on a costume as she is the one that was part of Kara's sanctuary apart from Supergirl. We'll see how they work it out to get uh, work it out before judgment. All the Harry Potter stuff were nice beats to it. I, I don't know if you remember that they they did the uh, sort of uh, multiple Harrys at the beginning of the finale where uh, they kind of all became Supergirl and then went oh, out to yeah distract that was fun. So that's what Joseph is talking about. Uh, even though I'm not a big uh, Potter fan myself, and uh, but the beats were clear. We're, with the one they referenced in the beginning with the different Supergirls, the other was a little less obvious with Brainy asking his other Earth counterpart to stay with him until the end. Oh, and I guess Morgan can be vindica vindicated partially with Gemma's two ways of her name. Uh, <laughs> last thing I will su uh, suppose I'll say is that I think they have a little trouble knowing what to do with Miss Tessmacher without <laughs> repeating beats from the first Christopher Reeve film, but she still does well with what she's given overall not a bad end at all for what is uh obviously not intended to be unquote so a lot of good thoughts from uh joseph and um i i think especially in terms of malefic uh malefic yeah. I, I sometimes i forget he was in season five just so early on it was uh, yes yeah, so long ago now the beginning of season five and and i think that they i wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have intentions to bring him back in those last three episodes but when you have to combine them down to one um i think that's he might have hit the cutting room floor so i wonder if maybe we'll see a little bit of him in this uh premiere yeah it, they they could uh, uh wrap up the martian uh storyline because i think malefic is still out there somewhere yeah uh, so maybe we could follow back up with him and uh, see if he has anything to do with magan and jean 
So uh, Susan wrote in to share some of what she thinks changed between season one and season five, saying, Season one was a show with a strong female lead, a Supergirl slash Cara Danvers, and everything revolved around or connected to that character in some way. Now it seems like they have turned it into a giant ensemble. For example, all the characters in season one had some connection to and were defined by their relationship to Cara. Alex was her sister and primary emotional support, the person Cara turned to when she needed grounding. Wynn was the tech nerd, but also Cara's best friend, and occasionally guy who had a crush on her and figurative little brother to Alex. James was a moral center for Kara, who has a history with Clark and briefly a Kara love interest. Kat was Kara's boss. Uh, Hank Jean was a potential villain, mentor, and father figure to Kara. Each of these characters existed to support Kara slash Supergirl story in some way. That allowed the show to center on Kara with everyone else having some stories and character development, but not too much was necessary because they were there to be supporting players. It was a show about a strong female hero and those supporting her, and that structure left room for the show to be about her. Now we have an ensemble with a bunch of characters that seem to exist in their own space. Servicing each of them takes time away from Supergirl slash Kara, but there are so many of them that everyone seems to get short shrift. And because the universe of characters isn't built around their connection to or relationship to Kara, servicing them also takes time away from what the show is supposed to be about. Supergirl. Season 5 went even further with the show almost turning into a show about Lex. John Cryer is a wonderful Lex Luthor, but a show centered around a male villain is not what I signed up for. That's a really good point about how earlier seasons did stories that were connected to Kara. Like all the characters were con- were more connected to Kara than she was, you know, letting them have a like it, it was definitely structured differently to where everyone was connected to Kara and now they all have their different stories and are not as connected to Kara anymore. And so it does give that extra weight of having to give them like uh, make sure everybody has their own stories. So that's a really good point. Yeah. I think that's a really solid point that like they were kind of like in season one, kind of like spokes on a wheel and they all connected back to her. And at this point in the season, they're all over the place. They've got their own stories and their own development. And sometimes that's not even remotely close to like what, Kara is up to or what she's doing so yeah it's very it's very different the storytelling over time has become and it's not like that other uh formula for the show to have everybody connected to Kara makes the other characters any less of characters I mean I think they were actually pretty strong uh they had strong characterizations even though they were mostly in service of the Kara character they still had uh, emotions and journeys and storylines of their own it just was more focused on the Kara, and especially in season one, Kara and Alex. Although clearly I've forgotten a lot about season one. Uh, <laughs> so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But uh, but I think that's a good way to look at it is the different kind of ways of writing the show, the, the different approaches to it. All right. Well, I think that's uh, going to kind of wrap it up on our emails. Looking back at season five, uh, I, re- I remembered a lot of things, uh, refreshed <laughs> my mind on a lot of things. Thank you to everybody in the chat for helping me remember things. This is why I have to take a lot of notes. People don't understand. They're like, Rebecca, why do you do all those Google Docs? 
this is why because I have a terrible memory. So. And, and like, I'm not coming in remembering anything. So I'm not <laughs> helpful at all. <laughs> so this is why that is the case. All right. So I think that's going to do it for our look back at uh, the season five finale. Trying to just remember what happened in the finale so that we go into season six, maybe kind of knowing what we're talking about. We'll see if that is the case. <laughs> um, so I think uh, that's going to do it for us there. But uh, let's get to some plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can find links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a tea public store. So if you are in need of some new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the tea public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Stargirl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say you are you are allowed to say those kinds of words on DCTV After Dark. You are. You didn't drop any of them, though. No, I was <laughs> recently on uh, DCTV <laughs> After Dark. And I, you know, I have my own uh, cuss words that I like that are not really cuss words, but they're my substitution for a swear word of some kind. Yeah, your uh, your uh, your favorite swear word was one of my my all time favorites that we've had on the show just for originality. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I I really uh, I I have a bonding situation with uh, Kenneth the Page from Thirty Rock because he uh, he and I have a lot of the the same uh, approaches to language, I guess. So uh, that's uh, that's how I uh, approach swear words. Is what would Kenneth the Page say? That's <laughs> kind of how I go about it. Uh, and speaking of DC TV podcast, T Public Store, which we were just speaking of it, uh, we've got some Lex Luthor designs. Yeah. So, so if so, if you're uh, reflecting on the season five finale and Leviathan and what Lex Luthor was up to, you know, you can you can go buy some Lex Luthor stuff in the T Public Store if you're uh, if you're into it. It's usually very green because uh, Lex Luthor does like the color green. So, uh, so we do have some Lex designs in there if you so desire. You should have gotten it for St. Patrick's Day. You could have been sporting some Lex for St. Patty's. But guess what? It comes around next year, too. Be prepared this time. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Why didn't I ever think of that? Uh, Kryptonite-related things, Lex Luthor-related things. Uh, yeah, that, that's you're not going to get pinched that day if that's, if that's the case. <laughs> 
Um, and we would like to thank our uh, Supergirl Radio patrons. Uh, we have a Patreon account. Uh, um, I guess we just have a account is not the right way. We have a Patreon uh, that you can go and support us if you would like at patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. So we'd like to give a shout out to our legion of super sponsors, Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Ni- Nicola, Leslie, the Supergirl Radio legal consultant, mm-hmm. Abby, Armgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Deb. So thank you all for uh, helping us keep the lights on at Supergirl Radio with all of our many uh, <laughs> fees that we have with Libsyn and uh, StreamYard and uh, Wave and all sorts of things. Uh, so you you literally keep the the podcast going. So we really appreciate your support. And uh, we've been doing some. Uh, if you're if you're a five dollar and up uh, a month, uh, so we have the uh, patron levels here. We have a two dollar a month, five dollar a month, ten dollar a month, and twenty five dollar a month. Uh, you get different things for uh, all of those membership levels and. Uh, this week we are going to be reviewing our first, uh, quarterly review for the, uh, $5 and up level. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Batman mask of the phantasm for a uh, classic, <laughs> uh, because we can't get enough of Batman. We, uh, and we every- love Batman. It, it's my goal to have Batman and <laughs> everything. And so that's why, that's why we're starting strong with some Batman. <laughs> it's actually the, uh, first, uh, DC animated film, uh, from, yeah, Mike, from Mike told me that I was like, why are we starting with this one? I mean, I'm never going to disrespect Batman bats, <laughs> my, my man bats like that, but <laughs> it's like, but, uh, Oh, this is the first one. It, it might it might do us good to kind of go through the animated uh, universe just to see what all is there so we can learn a little bit. You know, it's it's good to learn about Supergirl, but maybe we should dig our, you know, heels into the the wider DC universe. So we're going to be um, talking about Batman Mas- Mask of the Phantasm, a classic Batman animated film. So if you are one of our patrons, you'll get to hear that this week. All right. And I guess if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And I'm also on YouTube at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, hopefully I'll get some uh, new content on the YouTube. I, ju- I just put out something last week. So give me some time. You know, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get some stuff up there. Um, but you can definitely subscribe uh, in case you want any Snyder Cut content or uh, you can go look at my travel videos, uh, my Dragon Con videos. I got some things up there. If you just want to remember go into, travel, <laughs> just go go into the archives and travel with me as I go to Disney World and Alaska and uh, you know Europe. Uh, you can, I'm going to do can, that just to pretend I leave the house now. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go. You can go with me on a cruise. I go on a cruise in one of those videos. So you can just you know follow me on all of my adventures. Uh, so you can find that kind of thing on my YouTube channel as well. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We just released our um, our feedback episode for the queer representation in media episode that we did in June of last year. We like to get to your feedback right away is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. I had to. So I wrote everybody to make sure that they were okay with us reading it on the podcast and everybody he was like, I forgot I wrote you this email. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, we never forgot about you. <laughs> We're just so tired. Well, um, the pandemic made everything weird. The pandemic really threw it off. Uh, but that was a that was a really fun episode. We actually did a live stream much like this one. Uh, so that was fun. We had a lot of uh, nice uh, feedback in the chat and everything like that. 
And uh, you can also find me on DCTV After Dark, which uh, the episode just dropped, episode five, which you will also find uh, my co-host Rebecca here on. We had Rebecca on. We talked about Supergirl and we talked about DC stuff. We made her uh, come up with uh, instant stories. Which I'm so bad at. (laughs) It's a really tough one. It's like basically just on your feet improv. It's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, but y'all gave some good prompts. I just, uh, I'm so bad at it. Uh, <laughs> but but that was a lot of fun. Thank you for letting me talk about photography. And I, I talked a little bit about um, some video projects I want to do with my brother um, and some places that we've been. So uh, so I had a, and we, we had a very important mermaids versus we're con- werewolves. We're continuing debate. the debate about mermaids versus werewolves that began right here on this podcast. Yes, it did, actually. Uh, but it will continue. I think it's going to live on in uh, on Aether Dark because uh, I think we're, we're, we're split down the middle now on uh, the werewolf uh, versus mermaids debate and so we're going to need some more people to weigh in (laughs) (laughs) and i think the uh i think we talked about uh if you want to give some stakes to a debate or no not a debate a bet about uh who the what the winning team should get or what the uh losing team should have to do the stakes to a bet uh email dctv after dark Oh yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. We <laughs> we we want a winning and a losing team. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, <laughs> if this isn't competitive in some way, like oh, oh, I'm out. Uh, so, <laughs> so it was a really fun conversation, and uh, I I think everybody who listens to Supergirl Radio would really enjoy it. It was kind of like a Supergirl Radio reunion. So. It- I, I did get to go into the the Morgan Glennon podcast universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the extended universe. <laughs> uh, so if you uh if you follow DCS, subscribe to DC TV after dark, our posting schedule is like question mark, question mark, maybe. <laughs> so uh, the best way to find out when a new episode drops besides following us on social media is to just subscribe and it'll appear as if by magic in your podcast feed <laughs> at some point during the year. So that's the promise we make to you. It's it's a gr- it's a great gift to see uh, one of those episodes <laughs> pop up and randomly drop. <laughs> um, and uh, we should also remind everybody that Morgan and I are both on uh, a podcast called The Fakest, which is a sketch comedy uh, show that is in its final season, much like Supergirl. Uh, so The Fakest is wrapping up really funny stuff. Uh, Morgan does a lot of fun voices. I basically just play myself, so it's not really original. Um, but a lot of great characters, a lot, a lot of funny things and situations. So if you're into laughing, I would give it a shot because the fakus is pretty good. Our friend Bill Meeks uh, writes it and edits it himself. And so there's a lot of uh, familiar voices. You might also hear Amy from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah. Uh, cackling her way through the story, so uh, so you can you can definitely check that out if you would like. Uh, any anywhere you get podcasts, uh, and you can also go to thefakus dot com. Uh, Fakus with an I. Also, I should specify. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl. I think we're we're prepped. We're ready to go. I think we're refreshed. I, I I think I just need to go also go back to see I I didn't go far enough. Uh back <laughs> you to go all the way back to season one. <laughs> I really, I really should have thought about it uh if I had I, I wanted to do that before the final season, but then it like crept up on us and I was like, ah, 
We we had we had no advance notice that this final season was going to begin until like two weeks ago. (laughs) So uh, so now I don't even really have the opportunity to go back, even if I wanted to. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, and I guess I should mention next time is going to be on Thursdays now, right? Yes. Yes. Next time we we have lost the time slot war. Yes. Unfortunately, man and Lois. (laughs) I'm not saying they were they fought dirty but they did they uh, totally did by scheduling our own show against us <laughs> and so at that point we did have to flinch uh so we're going to be on thursdays from now on but it'll be the same fun just a different day of the week yeah so thursdays from now on uh, so you'll still get the supergirl radio on thursdays just uh in a different way uh, in a live <laughs> stream format you'll probably get the audio on fridays i'm guessing at this point uh but just so everybody knows that's probably the plan for now so that'll that'll go into effect next week so uh, that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio but until next time which will be next thursday <laughs> i'm still rebecca johnson and i'm still morgan glennon and we have just one more week until the final season of Supergirl. DC TV podcast. There's too many now. Exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena yeah. Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl.